Hey there, welcome to the Embracing Imperfection podcast. I'm your host, Marnie LaFrance. I am the founder of the Perfectly Imperfect Coaching Business, where I help women find true self-confidence and love for themselves by learning to embrace the perfection of their imperfections. I've created this podcast to share real life stories, tips, tricks, and tools for living a healthier, happier, more authentic, and motivated life. I believe that true happiness does not come from perfectly achieving our goals, but rather embracing the imperfections of the journey along the way. So sit back and let's chat. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Embracing Imperfections. I am your host, Marnie LaFrance, and we are on episode 17. Can you believe it that I have already put out 16 prior episodes? When I launched this podcast, I really truly didn't necessarily believe that it was going to be something that I could keep doing for so long. I'm just so thrilled by the feedback that I'm getting and the responses and just comments and everything that my followers are giving me. Today, I wanted to talk to everybody about something that is near and dear again to my heart. I think every topic is obviously near and dear in my heart, but so often we have something in our lives that we want to achieve or we want to do, or we want to try, but we let ourselves get held back. And the biggest thing that is allowing ourselves to hold ourselves back is the fear of failure. We are afraid of failing or fear of succeeding, but that in itself is also a fear of failing. What I want to say is that we're not really afraid to fail, or actually we are afraid to fail, but we're not really afraid to fail. We're actually afraid of people seeing us fail, if that makes any sense. We don't want people to have seen us fail. We think that people are going to judge us or think less of us if we failed. But what I want to bring to your attention is that the only one that actually can see if we have failed is ourselves. Because what we measure for failure is based on what we expected the outcome to be. Unless you're talking about, say, a math test or something that is numerical or blood test or something like that, that is scientific. But when it comes to, for example, um, wanting to learn how to run, and we've set out a goal for us to be able to run five kilometers per day, and we start out and we only run two kilometers per day, the only person that's actually going to perceive that as a failure is ourselves. Because we set the expectation that we would run five kilometers, but we only ran two. But really, in all reality, if somebody on the outside is looking in, they're going to look at that and they're actually going to be thinking, wow, you did really great. You at least ran two. You started, first of all, so that's a success. And you ran two kilometers. Did you have, you, did you follow through on your action plan? Yes, because you got out and you ran. Did you hit the five kilometers? No, but that was a big goal perhaps, right? When we're first starting out. So why is that necessarily a failure? So what I wanted to talk to today is about how we can overcome that fear of failure. I want to share some tips with you around the steps you should take when you're having that fear of failure. Because I know for myself, I've had to overcome a lot of different things and I've let the fear of failure or overwhelm hold me back a lot of times. I was afraid to start many diets, for example, because I didn't want to fail yet another one when diets are technically 
set us up for failure from the start. That's another story. I didn't want to do a course because I was afraid of failing. I didn't want to put myself out there as a coach because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to get to people the results, or I didn't want to create this new business or allow myself to sign up for something because I didn't know whether I could give it my full on commitment or put the time and energy that I needed into it. And therefore I let myself be held back because I was afraid of failing. So when you look at it in a different way, for example, like I said, that the only way you can fail is if you don't meet your own expectations, then it gives you a little bit more incentive to try. So when you have that fear of failure, the first thing I want you to do is actually figure out what is, is giving you that fear. What is triggering you to have the fear of failure? What is holding you back from starting? Is it what other people might think? Is it because you don't think you can do it? Is it because it seems too hard or is overwhelming? What is it? And if you can truly figure that out, you can actually have a plan for how you can handle that moving forward. Write it out and ask yourself why and really dig deep. Once you have that, you can look at reframing your beliefs around that failure or around that goal. And a lot of times, for example, we have this fear of failure, but when we are setting goals, it's an all or nothing thing, right? Like if I'm going to run, I'm going to be that 5k runner or else if I don't run the 5k, then it's a fail. And that's the all or nothing. But the fact that I ran two kilometers, getting off the couch is that first step, right? Getting off the couch and getting out the door, making the plan and writing it out. So if we look ahead and actually set up goals that allow us to have accomplishments along the way and step to help us learn or progress along our goal, then it's a lot better. So when you're, you're trying to do something, how about you have some sort of accomplishments or goals or steps along the way that allow us to learn or to improve or to progress. And then if we're getting some sort of progressing progression or we're learning, then it's not going to appear as though we're failing right? We're less likely to appear ourselves as failures. And if we can work towards those steps of achievement or progress, and we're doing those, then we're much more motivated to continue. Or it's a lot easier to get started because we're not trying for the all or nothing. We're actually breaking it up into bite-sized pieces that are more achievable and we're more likely to actually do it. Next, we need to pay attention to our self-talk. Identify what the triggers are that are causing us to have that failure or think that we may be failing and replace those with more positive thoughts. So if you think I could, it's too hard, I can't run five kilometers, then what would be something that you could change that to that would be a more positive thought? Well, I'm getting off the couch, I'm getting out, I'm getting some exercise, I can do it a little bit, baby steps, a little more each day, that sort of thing. If you start doing that and you're talking more positively to yourself, then you're going to be more likely to be able to do it. I'm not just talking about running, for example, like so many different things. When I first started out with my coaching business, I was like, who really, or sharing stories on Instagram when I was doing my health and wellness coaching, I'd be like, who really wants to hear what I have to say? Like, really? Like, I'm just a nobody or I'm on this journey and I'm just learning, but I was sharing what I was learning. And I thought, well, nobody's really going to want to hear that because I'm in the trenches with them. That actually is what people really wanted to hear. They want you to be relatable. And the more I shared it, the easier it became. And when I was able to tell myself that I'm just sharing my journey and I'm on this path and I'm sharing what I'm learning so that somebody else be motivated, and inspired, it made it a lot easier than 
when I allowed myself to think that I had nothing valuable to say, because we all really do have valuable things to say. People are listening to my podcast, for example. So visualize all the outcomes that could possibly happen when you're trying to achieve that goal or that project or the change or the habit, whatever it is. If you can actually visualize all possible outcomes that may happen, you remove some of the uncertainty. And a lot of what allows us to get overwhelmed is when we overanalyze or we don't know. We have a fear of the unknown, right? And when we visualize those outcomes and we've actually, you know, maybe jotted down some tips and tricks or ways that we can handle that or reactions or how we would respond to that sort of thing, it will help us remove some of that fear and allow us to kind of progress forward. Look at the worst case scenario when you're doing that visualizing. So what is the absolute worst case scenario? Well, for me, when I started my coaching business, it was that nobody would purchase a coaching package or nobody would want to be coached by me. What did that mean for me? Did that mean that I was a complete and utter failure? No, that just meant that I might've had to relook at how I was getting myself out there, what sort of offers I was putting out there, how I was doing the coaching. I don't necessarily want to be a marketer, for example, or be in your face. I'm literally here to serve. So I had to just look at what the worst case was, or maybe I did a coaching session and I got bad feedback. That could have been a worst case scenario. Somebody thought that I was totally unhelpful. I didn't have that happen, thankfully, so far. Everybody has been really positive in their feedback and so thankful, and they keep coming back for more, which obviously is a good sign. And the more you do it, the more confident you get. But when you can be prepared for a scenario, like starting your business, for example, you're not going to succeed at every little thing that you put out there. Every offer you put out there, or every there are going to be roadblocks and they're going to be hurdles on any journey. And if you can be prepared for what some of those are, you can remind yourself that that discomfort is temporary. So one of the milestones on one of the projects, the last projects I did on my IT consulting business, the mottos was get comfortable in the discomfort. Find comfort in the discomfort. And we all laughed and joked about that. And whenever the situation was uncomfortable, we would say, oh, here's the discomfort. Find comfort in the discomfort. And for some reason, when you remind yourself that it kind of, I don't know, it helped alleviate it, but it just reminded you that it was temporary. Just remember that all change brings discomfort and it is temporary. But if we don't move towards it, we'll never actually fail. So yeah, sure, we'll be safe, but we'll never actually learn and grow and achieve success, right? And you'll never reach your goals. And then life becomes really freaking boring. Have a backup plan. So you have a goal and you have a strategy and a plan of attack on how you want to achieve that goal. So like I said, the 5k runner, I'm never going to be a runner. So I don't know why I keep using this example, but I guess it's probably easiest for most people to understand is that I, I there used to be a program I know a lot of people did that switched to 5k. It didn't start you out as running 5k on day one right? You started running little bits and you do one minute run or 30 second run. I don't know. Cause I didn't do it. But for example, you run for a minute, you walk for a minute, you run for a minute, you walk for a minute and you slowly increase to achieve that goal. But say you get injured or something, or the weather is shitty. You need a backup plan, right? You don't want to lose that progress. So the backup plan would be having a treadmill or being able to run on the spot or some sort of intervals that you could do inside, but you have a backup plan or for example, like let's look at something different, an NHL player or a professional sports person. They always tell them to still go to school and train and have a degree or whatever. So they have a backup plan if they get an injury and can't play that sport anymore. Right? So whenever you have this goal or whatever goal in mind, 
have some sort of backup plan because just ha- knowing that there is that backup plan and that if things don't go way you want it to go first time, there is another option allows you to be able to move forward with your idea, right? And then learn from whatever happens. So we are always learning every day. And if you're not learning, some would say if you're not learning or growing, you're dying. I don't really want to necessarily be that out there, but it's the truth. If we're not learning, we're dying. So make sure that whatever you're doing, you're learning, you have an action plan, you have implements. And if things don't go as planned, it doesn't mean that you failed. Because like I said, the only way you're failing is if you didn't achieve the outcome that you were expecting. But if you give yourself different levels of achievement, you will never fail. Lastly, just get out and do the damn thing because action is power. They say knowledge is power, but really it's action that is power. Once you start doing it and you get yourself out there, the more you put yourself out there and the more you go after different goals and keep going, keep doing it and keep trying, the easier it gets. And if you have to, Take on Mel Robbins rule, five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, go, just do it. So I hope that you took something away from this session and I would be thrilled to receive some feedback. If you want to DM me some of your thoughts on this episode, that would be amazing. I'm going to leave it there. Wish you a great day and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. If you loved this episode or it resonated with you, I encourage you to share it with a friend. It would mean so much to me or else share it on social media and tag me so I could personally thank you for helping me to get this message out so that we all can learn to embrace our imperfections. Because let's face it, we are all perfectly imperfect.